Hey everyone, I'm Brent Squires. And I'm Lauren Jubeau, telling stories of the famous and not so famous youth workers, the ideas they had, the ministries they built, and the bumps in the road along the way. You're listening to How'd They Do That. Welcome to episode number eight of How'd They Do That podcast. Brent and I are excited that you're listening. And this episode is kind of a spontaneous episode. We decided to add it into season one because we thought um, the story was so important to share. On today's episode, we're interviewing Richard Koch and Dave Elo from the middle school ministry of Mission Hills in Littleton, Colorado. A few weeks back, Richard and David um, had a huge annual fall event called the Big Halloween Party. Uh, they had a massive response of about 1,500 middle school students in attendance with several hundred kids making decisions for Christ. So we sat down with them to ask, how'd they do that? But before we get to that interview, we're going to do a youth ministry shout out. Every episode, Brent and I like to do a youth ministry shout out, highlighting youth workers around the country who are doing great things in ministry. And today's shout out goes to Tim Malone, the family ministries pastor at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Landenburg, Pennsylvania. Tim has a huge heart for serving, is a longtime veteran of student ministry, and is an awesome guy to hang out with. Way to go, Tim. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Richard Koch and Dave Elo. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. We're super excited to have you guys, um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But for everyone listening, can you tell us a little bit about who you guys are and what your role is at the church? Yeah, uh, my name is Dave Elo. Uh, I'm the middle school pastor here at Mission Hills Church, and this is... Yeah, I'm Richard Koch, and I am the associate middle school director. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your church, where you're at, and uh, a little bit about your ministry. Well, we are in beautiful Colorado. The uh, city is Littleton, and uh, we have beautiful views right outside of our window of the mountains. It's amazing. I bet you do. Yeah, love the mountains. You probably already have 10 feet of snow on the ground, right? <laughs> we <laughs> might be getting some here soon. We'll see. But yeah, we, um, our church is, uh, it's, it's been quite a journey for our entire church over the years. Uh, I think it's been about eight years ago now that our church just really blew up. Uh, we built a new building and uh, we have about of an attendance of 4,000 people every weekend, uh, weekend services. And then for the middle school side, for weekly programming, uh, we run about two to three hundred middle school students because we just oversee the middle school side. So uh, we have that 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 size of flock to kind of care for and find leaders for. So it's awesome. That's cool. And is it just you two on staff, or the other staff members with you in the middle school side? Yeah, we uh, we have us two plus uh, Christy Peterson's our admin, and then we're fortunate to have a, a middle school resident uh, from Denver Seminary. His name's Zach Flowers. So the four of us kind of tag team and. Divide and conquer. Very awesome. good. Well, for our listeners, uh, I was uh, doing what I do late at night on Facebook, which I sh probably shouldn't be doing because <laughs> of the blue light and all keeps me awake. But uh, uh, for some reason, I couldn't sleep. I popped open Facebook. I saw a little notification on there, uh, I think on the DYM site. And uh, I saw Richard's post about this Halloween event and it grabbed my attention and I started reading it and I started reading some of the comments. And uh, apparently this was a big event. And I was thinking I must be reading this wrong because it sounds like they had, you know, over a thousand kids coming and I wanted to see what that was. And so I started reading through the comments and uh, Richard explained a little bit about 
the uh, the event and then people were asking questions and then some people were asking the same questions even though he had already answered the questions so i thought this is podcast worthy because he they're doing something right out there so uh will you guys tell us a little bit about what this event is and then give us some of the history how long have you done it and what was the genesis of this uh of this uh, halloween event all right so the big Halloween party is just uh, an amazing uh, alternative for this season to kind of create uh, a chance for kids to hear about the love of Jesus and uh, focus on something bigger than just candy, uh, even though it's a big tool, yeah. obviously, this time of year. Um, sure, sure. And uh, it's always been on the Friday right before Halloween, and mm-hmm. the goal is to uh, have students be bringing their friends uh, out to have just a, a giant party, have a great time. and. Um, and then we've always uh, made it, been very intentional with giving a gospel presentation in, in just a fun flavor, something that fits for the night. Um, and then uh, obviously uh, following up with our students that, uh, that come and finding out uh, what types of decisions they were wanting to make or where their friends are at. Um, and so that's kind of the, the quick overview of the night. It's, it's geared around a ton of fun. Um, and uh, Richard can talk a little about the history as well. Yeah, so um, the previous youth pastor before uh, Dave was the middle school uh, pastor, started this, this, what is the big Halloween party now? Um, and it actually used to be called just the big party. So <laughs> we didn't embrace the name of the big right. Halloween party 2015, uh, where that yeah, that's bold to include Halloween in the name of a church. Yeah, event. That's and, huge. And I wish I was around <laughs> for those conversations because, um, you know, within the church, does that, does that explain why he's the former youth pastor? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> That would be funny, though. I mean, because that, that would be like the the standard you get fired for including Halloween. But no, he um, I think he really he really wanted the name Halloween included in there. And I was there for uh, one big Halloween party with him, the previous youth pastor before uh, he moved to a different church. But um, yeah, it started out at 600 kids back in 2014, wow. which is still quite a bit. Was I mean, that your first year of having it in 2014? Yeah, so that was the first year that our church ever had it. I was not here for that one. Um, okay. I, I started on... At, and do you have a recollection of... Do you have a recollection of what the uh, middle school ministry numbers were then, like uh, like in terms of numbers of students? Yeah, it, it was somewhere uh, under 200. I mean, they were probably okay. 180, 150, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to like figure out like if you had 600 come, how many of those were yours? How many of those were exactly. kids that were invited? Exactly. So. And, and all along, okay, cool. there's yeah. never been churches like sought out, invited. It has not been a collaborative piece. So uh, that's obviously why it's right. so impressive. Yeah. And so sure. the following year, 2015, that's when we saw the first year of substantial growth. Um, the, the previous youth pastor had this idea of you know, if we buy, and so every year what we do is we buy 10,000 invitations uh, with this idea of like a 10% return. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's like an actual mathematic <laughs> equation of like, right. oh, if we buy 10,000. 10% is good. Though. 10% is high. Yeah. And so um, the idea was if we buy 10,000 and have our students distribute those in their schools, we'll have at least a thousand kids show up. And so obviously the first time you ever do anything it's going to be like a test run. So that's why the 600, you know, is still a lot of kids. But at the same time, uh, I think they still did 10,000 invites that year, which, you know. And real, real quick, how many schools, how, how many middle schools are you pulling from? Is it one, one central school or is it multiple middle schools? Yeah. So the area that we're at, um, obviously, we're in the Denver metro area. And so in about a 15 minute radius of our church, uh, we think there's about 15,000 middle school students 
in this area, okay. which is pretty incredible. And that's a lot of schools. Um, I think the last time I yeah. looked, there was over 30 middle schools in that. Wow, that, kind that of is area. a lot. Okay, so yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, that, that's helpful. <laughs> so you're arming your kids with these 10,000 cards or so. And obviously you've done some back work to in, encourage them and pump them up and equip them to go invite. Well, and that's, I think, one of the, the, the big pieces is that instead of saying, hey, we have an event that we want you to come to, uh, the language has just always been, here's what we're doing uh, as a student ministry. And so here's your part. And their part has always been right. bring your friends, invite your friends, but not just because we want to get them to the, to the big Halloween party, but because there's a reason. And so students right. who are like hungry for their friends to know Jesus are saying, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to make the effort. So through talks, through um, you know every event kind of leading up, probably about a three-month up to the event, um, there's always an application piece. And it's, it's not about, hey, invite a friend, invite a friend. It's why would it be important for you to find new individuals to hand these flyers to? And, and what would that look like? And students doing videos, funny things on how not to hand out flyers because uh, principals calling us uh, you know, a month before saying, hey, a, a kid littered 10,000 flyers on our, on our floor is not exactly <laughs> good publicity. Uh, so yeah. it's just a fun thing like that. It sounds like you definitely have created an inviting culture. So, uh, I mean, you can't get that many kids doing it yourself. So props to you guys. Well, thanks. And I yeah, think that that's you. been, I think that's been set before us that, that that's kind of been the tone ever since this thing started. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so once a kid is handed a card in one of these schools and they're a new student and they come to this event, what is this event? What does it offer? Yeah. So the idea with the invite is that, so when they, when they, when they see the invite, they would look at it and we just list out everything on there that we have to offer plus a few things. So, you know, like for instance, uh, you know, we, we list inflatables, candy, cash prizes, giveaways, costume content, and just all these things. So when a kid sees it, they're like, Oh my gosh, that looks so much fun. Like I want to be a part of that. And I want to, um, I want to, you know, go to that. But at the bottom of the invite, we direct them to this website. Um, that we've created about four-ish years ago. Uh, it's called uh, BigCallingParty.info. And so on this webpage, it, hmm. it was created by like tech people at our church to um, just kind of be a separate entity from everything else so that parents uh, who don't normally go to church, because we get a lot of kids who have never been to church before. Right. Um, we just have like info about it. We have facts. So like parents are like, is this a safe event? Like who's going to be watching my child? Does that stay up all the time or is it just during that yeah, season? Yeah, it's up all the time. So we start. Uh, yeah, throw out that throw out that web address. Yeah, we'll so also it's it in Um And we always, we're okay. updating it throughout the year. We, we restart the countdown to the next Big Halloween Party on there. Uh, we throw the promo and the recap every That's year. That's awesome. So it, it kind of just lives as as its own thing. So especially for middle school parents, they can, you know, be accustomed to that by the time their kids start sixth grade and when they end eighth grade. So it's it's just, it lives there. It's always the same info and we can update it. So it's really nice rather than it just disappears and then they're like, I don't know where this was. So, um, and it's a very comforting piece too because we think, you know, especially as a middle school parent, they need more info than not if they're going to have their student participate in something. Yeah. Well, and there is there is one downside to leaving it up all year round is that the uh, ninth graders, tenth graders, eleventh graders that used to come are now bummed that there's not something there for them uh, that <laughs> yeah. exists like this. So, well, what do you care? You're not in charge of high school. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the other guy's job. 
So uh, talk a little bit about um, like when when do you start this planning process? I mean, you don't you don't start it you know the week before, probably even the month before. You're you're lining all kinds of stuff up, probably starting in the summer, I would imagine. Oh yeah, in fact, uh, there's probably a few different meetings that we have uh, that kind of break it down. Obviously, our our big team meeting kind of hits right before the summer, um, kind of thinking through, hey, as we uh, get consumed with camp and, and all of the uh, summer focus pieces, uh, what, what do we got to keep our eyes on? Yeah, and, and the major thing for us, too, is that, you know, we always want to make this a focus when it's coming up and remind students, because every year yeah. we get a new group of students, too, who have never been a part of it. And sure. a lot of them have siblings who have been through our ministry, and they're excited because they're like, oh, it's finally my turn. But a lot of them never have heard of it, and they're like, I don't even know what this is. And so we mm -hmm. need to get it in front of them before it's like too late for them to be like, how could I think and start thinking about being invitational? And so the earlier we get the info out to people and the earlier we can start just giving little teasing bits of like, you know, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so exciting coming up in October, um, the better. And so that requires us to just kind of plan ahead of time and and, and be really intentional with how we plan this out. And there's just certain things that require us to, you know, like we want to make sure inflatables are, um, are, are, are planned to be there before they're scheduled to be somewhere else. And so, uh, sure. You know, just, there's just pieces that require us just to make sure we're on top of it, especially with as big of a party as it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would say as a resource, like the three big things that we probably really spend time on are, Students, which Richard already talked a little bit about, just the idea that uh, they need to be informed. And uh, one of the neat things that we do uh, kind of weekly and also yearly is we inform our sixth graders that are coming in, our fifth graders, they're jumping into sixth grade. Um, we kind of integrate the big Halloween party as one of our big three, you know, winter camp, summer camp, and, and the big Halloween party, um, just into their integration process. Hey, this is three things to look forward to for the year, things we want to prepare you for. That also lets parents uh, kind of be informed. Um, but then we're also kind of starting that process with our church, saying, hey, building is really important. Ministries have things going on, making sure we're not um, uh, double booking mm -hmm. the buildings or uh, events, uh, that kind of thing. And then, of course, uh, just beginning to kind of get our volunteers uh, set up for that as well. Yeah, that's something I immediately thought of is how many adult volunteers do you need to pull off this event and where, what kind of jobs are they doing while they're there? Yeah. So um, number wise, we shoot for about 250 volunteers to be wow. present um, on the night of the big hauling party. And, you know, that, that includes anything from uh, a security team to make sure kids are safe uh, to anything from like registration, cotton candy, like they run all the stations. And so we, mm -hmm. uh, we put together documents ahead of time that kind of lay out, Hey, if you're going to be, okay, so you're cotton candy, you're going to do the cotton candy station. Here's what you need to know for the cotton candy station so that you can do this successfully. Um, because, you know, between the four of us trying to communicate with that many volunteers and make sure that they're informed, uh, is, is a big task in itself. Um, yeah. And so just have to make sure that the just have to make sure the info is is clear in, in in front of them. So how do you go about processing those volunteers? Are they volunteers that are with you all year round or do a lot of people just volunteer at this one particular event? Yeah, I would say that uh, for our church, this is their favorite time to volunteer because they think that they get enough in one night that they can last the entire year. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, but um uh, first thing is, is on the website uh, is the, the place for volunteers to sign up. It's really simple. It's really easy. 
Um, and our church just does a great job of, of letting us relay the information of need. And, mm-hmm. um, I think because the registration online is so clear, uh, a leader can, uh, or a potential volunteer could, could show up and say, I'm not quite sure what I could do, but it lists very clearly, uh, the needs. And we have enough needs that each person can kind of say, yeah, I, I actually don't want to interact with a middle schooler at all. So I could definitely do this or man, I love smiling right. and high five in middle schoolers. I'll be running this. Um, and it really does make it simple and easy for them. And one thing that's really helped with that too, is that our, you know, as an entire church, we've, we've come to this realization that this is important. And so it's not just important to our middle school ministry. It's important to our entire church. Um, right. You know, one of, we have, we have three main things that, you know, like a three-legged stool that, that are really important. And one of the big ones is evangelism. And so for us, uh, this kind of event, especially in the middle school realm as an entire church is so important. And so during the month of October and even like the last few weeks of September, uh, we get stage time and uh, bulletin time and lobby time to be present in there and just, you know, be visually present to, uh, sure. you know, like people who show up on the weekends who may not even have heard of this before. We get to show videos. Uh, one of my favorite things we've done too is we've been able to capture testimonies from students who have really killed it every year. Like there's a few mm-hmm. students who have really invited like their entire grade. And so they, you know, they were intentional. They went to each one of their friends in their grade and just, you know, handed an invite to them. Um, and then they were able to you know, record the stories after of like, hey, I had, you know, 15 friends here and two of them accepted Jesus. And, and here's kind of right. where they're at now. And so being able to capture those stories and put them in front of our congregation has been really, really helpful and really successful at getting volunteers who may not you know, be interested in a weekly thing with middle schoolers, but they're like, I could give right. one night out of my year to really pour into sure. the middle school ministry. Talk about um, registration and how these kids come. I, I believe I remember reading on your post, Richard, that you do a lot of the registration in advance. Yes. So kids aren't yeah. just showing up and that you also charge for this, which yep. is... Uh, yeah, that's that's unique. I mean, I applaud it uh, and I encourage that. Yeah. But uh, talk about that. Yeah. So um, our registration this year was actually probably the most successful online than it's ever been. And so we really have been trying to encourage people to register online because it just makes it easier <laughs> if we're not having people mm-hmm. fill out all this yeah. info. Because one of the things that we want to capture is if they're a new student, um, and we can get to this in a little bit, but our follow-up process, we just want to know info about new students so that we can follow up with them. And so having a lot of students who are doing that on the day of just makes the process so, so much longer. And so this year, we had just over a 1,000 students who registered online, which kind of scared us at the beginning because historically what's happened was we've, we've had X amount of students register online and that same number of students show up at the door. And so like last year, we had about 680 students uh, register ahead of time and just that, about that same number show up at the door and we ended up with about 1,300. And so mm-hmm. this year we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to have 1,000 students show up at the door. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> That's um, alarming. <laughs> I know, I know. But thankfully we, you know, we only had 600, which still that's a lot, but it's a lot less to think about, you know, okay, we just have this many students and we try to encourage that. Um, so yeah. That's kind of that's kind of our thought process with registration. And the main thing is like, so you're trying to get them a 
to give you their information so you can capture that for follow-up purposes. But then B, you are charging uh, a fee to offset your costs because inflates aren't free. Absolutely. And and it's funny to think that, you know, $10 is the cost, but right around that $10 on the flyer on the website, I mean, it just talks about free pizza all night, free food, free mm-hmm. candy, free soda. Um, there's just so much that's, that brings it in, but, but being able yeah. to uh, supplement that, that cost. Yeah. We, we had to begin to charge something, uh, in order to make it, uh, uh really fun and, and really exciting. And what's really cool about that. Do people balk at that? I mean, do you ever get any pushback? Like, why are you charging for an outreach event? No, not at all. In fact, the only, uh, pushback I've, I got ever, and that was this year was one of our students who, uh, we always encourage our students with some gifts and talents, especially like if they have magic, uh, skills or you know break dancing skills that kind of thing something that could be done while people are in line um yep. the students were like well do we have to pay if we're going to come and perform for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was awesome and of course not yeah we're like no if you're going to come and, and serve of course we'll we'll take care of yeah. you but uh one of the cool things about so talk registration about- real fast sorry is um not only we yeah. collected uh information to follow up uh but the follow-up happens right there one of the things we do with our volunteers is after they uh sign up if they're if they're brand new uh, they're already getting a handwritten card, thanking them for being there, inviting wow. them back uh, to you know, right. maybe the next big church thing um, uh, that our church is doing together, their family could come to. That's so that's that's kind of also a big part of that strategy. Talk about budget too. I mean, you're bringing in you're bringing in this money for uh, registration income. Are you in the black? Are you in the red? Like uh, I know the dust is still settling on this year, but uh, yeah. do you have any idea that you could give us in terms of your budget? Yeah, we. Um... Our hope is to budget, you know, every year we try to budget for a thousand students. Um, you know, we, and, and not in the sense that we are going to take that out of our budget. We just say, okay, we at least will have 1000 students walk through our doors. And so we really try hard to stick around that, that number of like, if we expect a thousand students to pay $10, then that's how much we have to work with. Um, and, and just about every year, we're just about even, um, <laughs> we're not trying to make money off this by any means, um, nor can we. Uh, just with how much stuff that we have. But at the same time, too, you know, we we want to provide the best experience we can. And and that's, you know, essentially why we charge money, because I, I, I don't know if we could ever have the budget to just, you know, pay for everything. Sure. And I don't know if a lot of students would show up either if we just didn't charge anything. I love what. Yeah, yeah there's a higher value. There's a value yeah. now to a 10 bucks. That's exactly right. And it also goes towards our church budget that that value as well mm-hmm. that you know when we were when we were budgeting at 1000 students, we weren't seeing 1000 students yet. Uh we were just under 1000, but the idea was our church is buying into, hey, this is a goal we think we can hit. And if we're going to put some investment towards it and uh and and the freedom to fail at that, to say, hey, we can always drop that number in the future, but man, if you get that many students to come out and it's top notch, then they're going to come back and, and the word continues to spread. Sure. Now, I'm no math wizard. Uh, I actually went into youth ministry because there's not a lot of math involved. But if I take $10 times 1,600 people, my math comes out with $16,000. Am I right on that? Yep. Right on that. So that's a pretty nice uh, event budget. Yeah. That would be some youth ministry budgets for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, so what do you, how, how is that money getting divvied up with your different components of your event? If you don't mind yeah, sharing. no, no, no. Uh, so inflatables are probably one of our most expensive things. Uh, they're just mm. expensive. Sure. Uh, thankfully, there's an amazing church down the road from us that uh, actually owns six inflatables, and they were able to loan the, those for uh, low cost. And so um, nice. that was awesome. Them. But then obviously, we still need more. Um, 
So inflatables are our number one cost. And this year, one of the things that we realized is that with the number of students we have in a room, we need to have a super engaging piece for the gospel. Um, you know, right. it just it, and unfortunately, with that many kids, like in and especially the ones that have never been to church, like they don't know what to do, how to act, like, and we can't expect that of them. And so, in order to do that, we need something that engages them and is is like eye catching and draws them in. And so that's right. why this year uh, was our first year. We decided to kind of outsource, if you want to say, our gospel message to bring Jared Hall in. Um, he's, awesome. he's an amazing illusionist, amazing communicator. Um, I first saw him at a youth pastor conference in uh, Nashville. And from there on, I was like, dude, we got to find a way to have him at something. And so last year we had him at our winter camp. And this year we had him at our uh, big hauling party to give the gospel and to kind of be an entertainment piece. So Jared was a, a bigger expense cool. as well, but it was a well worth it expense just because he just captivates students and he draws them in to kind of just, you know, want to listen because <laughs> that's the hardest part. Sure, it's like sure. for any communicator, how do you get 1600 kids or over, even a thousand kids just to all kind of be present with you for 15 minutes or that kind of time frame? Yeah. And I'd love to come back in a second and talk about the gospel presentation part. But so you've got you've got inflates and you have speaker. Can you just bullet point a couple other things just to give the listeners like a, a framework uh, of the, the dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. of how you allocate that that income? And then we'll talk about the event itself and just kind of sure. I'll let you walk us through kind of how the event went. Yeah. So our inflatables in Jared Hall were about the same cost, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then pizza because <laughs> we provide pizza for all these students. Uh, that was probably yep. our classic, our, you know, second, third biggest cost. How many uh, pizzas did you have to order? Yeah, we <laughs> um, so we started with 350 pizzas. Um, I remember calling uh, the Little Caesars down the road from us. We started off with 275 because that's kind of our base number every year. And then uh, a couple of days yeah. before I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to have to, you know, up our number to 350. And I just remember hearing a, a you know, audible sigh from the guy. Yeah, I the- bet. <laughs> just being like, oh my It's God. like prank phone call. Yeah. Uh, I'd take, I want 350 pizzas to go, please. Yeah. But that actually turned out not being enough. So uh, hilariously, we had to call like close by pizza places that night and be like, okay, it is seven o'clock and we're already out of pizza. And uh, how many can you make by nine o'clock? Because that's how many we need. Whatever you can make, we'll take. <laughs> yeah, because you've got not, you not only have 1,600 students, you've got 200 plus adults so you know you're you're upwards of two thousand people on site yep yeah and so to feed all of those people requires a lot of food and pizza just tends to be the cheapest uh part of that um but yeah so um you know pizza is obviously a big cost but then we look at other stations so you know we have stuff that kind of rotates every year um we purchase some air compressor machines to do in-house spray tattoos and so, you know, yep. restocking that with, you know, new uh, spray guns if they, you know, break or more paint, just stuff mm-hmm. like that for every station. It just kind of adds up. Um, but we also do a giant glow maze in the basement of our church. Um, that's also a pretty big expense, but it's it's a well worth it expense because kids just love it. You're making that or renting that? We make it. So um, okay. from wow. one corner of the church to the other Uh, We essentially have this uh, basement area that goes from our kids ministry wing to uh, basically the what is the youth center area. And so Mm -hmm. from that space, we create this giant glow maze with plastic, black lights, 
uh, just blow stuff and um, not a haunted, haunted house, but we just have a lot of fun stuff in there to just, you know, kind of just catches students off guard. So um, it's a lot of fun. And kids, I, generally, that's like our biggest line for <laughs> the glow maze because kids are, and right, that's the so thing too, is that with that. this Halloween party, we want to bring elements that students, if they go to something, they're going to be familiar with this kind of experience. And so while we don't do a haunted house, middle schoolers in general are going to haunted houses this time of year. And so they're used to that mm -hmm. idea, um, especially if they don't go to church and their parents like let them do that. Um, they're going to those kind of things and they're expecting those kind of things. And so we want to have right. like, you know, familiar to them to be like, oh, my gosh, that's fun. I want to go I do get that. It. So you have 1600 kids there. How many of those kids are new kids to your church? And can you unpack your follow up plan a little bit more? I know you had mentioned that you give them a card the night of. But what does that look like in the days and the weeks that follow this event? You're probably still in the thick. of Oh, it. absolutely. And I would say that's even a growing process of, of trying to contain this, uh, you know, God beginning to bring this many students to an event. Um, you begin to ask that exact question of say, what's our process? Um, to answer your first question, which was how many new students do you have? That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Um, I think we had right around six or 700 brand new students this year. Um, and again, on the registration page, it says, you know, are you brand new to Mission Hills and never been to an event before? And so that helps us kind of get that data. Um, we haven't that many students come. Uh, our first and foremost follow-up process is, like I said, a, a handwritten card that says, welcome, we're so glad that you were here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, our next process is one that we're trying to tackle, and that is how do we get our small group leaders to begin to see which schools these kids might come from, uh, which, which, yeah. uh, which friends brought them. Um, and it's just it's whittling it down from that, uh, that sea of information and saying, okay, so how do we get that conversation um, uh, to get them back into the door. Um, so that's the process, is how do we get from uh, the big Halloween party into uh, our midweek? So how do we invite them back? Uh, one of the strategies there is um, when the gospel presentation is given, uh, we ask every student to pull out of the seat back in front of them a card that will register them for more prizes. And so mm -hmm. everyone's filling out that. Then there's obviously some questions on there about, are you having a great time at the big Halloween party? And then, hey, from what was said, you know, would you like to say yes to Jesus tonight? Or there's different wow. boxes they yeah. can check. And, um, but the very bottom, uh, you get to put their name on it and then they get to tear it off and hang on to it. But it's an invite. It's on the other side. It's just this real small bottom portion that they would hopefully put in their pocket. That's the hope. We hope mom and dad are, doing laundry and they find this uh, and it invites yeah, them sure. to our next midweek event. Um, our, 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 uh, our, um, so they can come back and, and, and maybe uh, get plugged in. Maybe we can integrate with them that way. And can you share with everyone? I know a bunch of kids did receive Jesus and do you, can you just share with us some of the feedback you got there? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it varies every year just cause we have a different group of students, but um you know, like just, just kind of put it in perspective. I, I think it was two years ago now that we had about 80 kids who accepted Jesus that night. Um, and then last year it was upwards of almost 300, which just blew us away of like, these kids are responding to the gospel. Wow. Um, they are intentionally taking a card out and marking that they want to have a relationship with Jesus, 
which were like, on one hand, they're still marking a card, but there's intentionality behind it. You know, we can't not yeah. say that a student and, and just discredit it because a student just marked that box. Like there's intention behind, I pull this card out and I'm marking this, especially when they're all hyped up on sugar and <laughs> just ready to go have fun. Um, and this year we're still trying to, uh, to count all the cards, uh, and it's it's a process that'll take sure. us a few weeks to follow up and just kind of get an actual number um, for that. But I will say this: this year has been unique. Um, there's also a place on there that says "Pray for me," and it's just a box they can check with some blank lines underneath it. And in the majority right. of years, we don't see anything in those lines. We just see maybe a, a check check box, or for kids that have no idea what mm -hmm. that is, leave it blank. This sure. year, we had a ton of students who check that that box alone said just pray for me and they would just put like a word next to it like i saw a lot that said yeah. my dad um but then we had i think there was like 45 i've already counted and kind of began to pray through that they literally just wrote sentence after sentence of things that they're dealing with uh that mm -hmm. they wanted prayer for and that's, that's, a new that's thing. amazing yeah it's really cool i love that idea that's a really great idea yeah and it's it's really important to us too just because you know Seeing stuff like that also shows another mark of intentionality. And, and those are the, the, you know, and I keep going back to the word intentional because those are, that's the really important part of it is that when these kids yeah, that are, is, that's key. when these kids are being intentional with their, what they're doing on these cards, it just shows that they're engaging with the gospel message, you know? Um, and, and we don't know right. every story of these kids that come through the doors, but you know, if these kids are writing down prayer requests for, their family, for their friends, for the people around them. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see. And we love praying for these kids. So absolutely. And, and, and don't get us wrong. There's obviously plenty of cards that the kids just check every box. Yeah. And at that level, you know, you don't, you don't toss those yeah. out, but you say, Hey, there's, there's something probably not engaging in this student. And so these names can be kind of put in different yeah, but they, they took step one by yes, coming exactly. and they took step two by checking a card. And, and know, one so, of the biggest hey, pieces the rest for us is up every to the Holy year. Spirit at that point, uh, one of the biggest pieces for us every year with the Big Halloween Party has been for a lot of students who their family would never step foot in a church during a weekend service. We want right, to be able to exactly. provide one positive experience inside a church that they can come back to and be like, man, I, I remember that one time I had fun. And if a friend invites them to a midweek program, they're like, why wouldn't I not go? Like I had fun that one time. Maybe I'll have fun again. And so sure. it just gives sure. some foundation for a church to to be a positive aspect in their life, to be like, you know, okay, I can think about that as something I want to do um, rather than yeah. just being, yeah. Give us a, give us 30 seconds on Jared. Like how, what was his presentation? I mean, I know he does a bunch of cool stuff on stage, but yeah. uh, give us like, uh, and then how you did that. I mean, you're not, unless you have an auditorium that seats 1600 people, you're not doing that in one shot. Well, uh, every year it's obviously a, a, a giant discussion on how are we going to present the gospel? How are we going to enter, not the word entertain, but how we keep the attention of middle schoolers. Um, yeah, and, uh, and so that's harder and harder every single year. So Jared came in this year and did an amazing job. Obviously we give him a, a, a small amount of time so that the kids aren't just contained. They want to get out, get back to playing. Uh, so Jared uh, started off with uh, a, just a, a trick or two that engaged the audience, kind of get everybody paying attention. And then he weaved the gospel into his illusion and talked about how Jesus uh, had, had died upon the cross for us because he loved us uh, and he was able to make that happen. Yeah. And it was, it was just cool to see 
And that was the biggest thing. That's what we've been trying to, you know, get at for the longest time is, you know, how do we bring pieces to it so that students are already to that place where they're, you know, majority of them are engaged with what's going on on stage. Then we can start right. integrating the gospel. So that's like, I'm already paying attention. We already have students who are engaged with it. Um, and he did phenomenal. Like he communicated clearly. Uh, he communicated it very, very effectively. Um, it, it was really impactful. I think a lot of students really enjoyed having him there. Uh, and you did that in your yes. sanctuary. And so the cool thing about our church is we're actually go- undergoing renovations right now. And so our auditorium will eventually seat about 1800. So, um, but that's eventually. Okay, cool. <laughs> and so that's, in, yeah, and you better not grow. Yeah, that's in the next few months. So we had kids sitting in the aisles, sitting in the front. Um, it's just a cool picture just to yeah. pack kids into our space. Um, and it's just so much fun to, to kind of see them there. And then one real important thing with the gospel presentation is that that same person who gives that message is also the one that's challenging them to grab that card from the, from the seat back in front of them um, mm-hmm. and being able to say, hey, everyone's filling out this. Like everybody needs to take a moment and just engage with this. Obviously, for those who just want to gain some opportunities to win prizes, awesome. That's, that's your in. Uh, but there are many in the room that just need to take a moment um, and just have that opportunity to say, hey, I, I got to make some decisions or just think through what my life's doing. And then you've got all these uh, kids that have come out and you've got all these first timers and then they all showed up the next week, right? <laughs> For your program. <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, that never happens. No, it we have that we have that same thing here. We have a big event and a lot of kids come and it's like, you know, you have to you have to. And so I'll ask you, how do you? prepare your volunteers, even yourselves for, I'll say, quote unquote, a letdown when it's the next week and it's not 1600 kids with all the bells and whistles. Uh, It's kind of back to normal. So how do you manage your expectations for the weeks that follow? Yeah, typically, um, like you said, after a big event, everyone's tired for about a month, right? So nobody comes at all. Right. Um, And so- (laughs) Uh, you know, communication is big. And that's, that's this is small group leaders are prepared by saying, Hey, we expect to start seeing students kind of dribble back in. Like, like we don't, we don't think that just because a student came and had a great time, they're ready to come back to church because there is a difference and and they've been, they they understand it. They haven't come to our church in the first place for a reason. And yet they came to this. And so there's going to have to be that, that next draw, letting the Holy Spirit really begin to kind of integrate in their life. And it's really up to the students to now follow up with their friends yeah. back at school. And that's really where that, that kind of comes mm-hmm. from. This year, we kind of cheated because uh, Halloween is actually on our midweek. Uh, and so we're taking the night off and we gave all of our volunteers the night off. Um, and so uh, we're not even having a midweek, which at one level is like, oh, gut-wrenching that we could maybe have a, a better follow-up plan. Um, but on the same note, Middle schoolers, uh, at least in our area, are still really engaging on trick-or-treating. And so we right. tried a different strategy where we paired our students with, hey, as you're handing out kid candy at home, if you're stuck at home, learn to be on mission with Jesus. Smile, love on these kids that are coming. And then as you're trick-or-treating, look for opportunities. Maybe you see a kid that just could use a little extra candy and you could spare a little uh, because you got a bunch of big Halloween parties. We kind of prepare our students for missing that night that way. Um, but you're right. How do you prepare adults and our, our ministry for the flood that's going to happen over the year? And one of the things I was going to say, too, is that, um, you know, one of the big pieces that Dave was saying is that we prepare our students to still follow up with their friends and the people at their school. And so um, yeah, that's good. You know, one of the things we've tried to do every year is 
a few weeks after or the week after, something like that, after the Bitcoin party, we try to have something that would be enticing for a student to be a part of. Um, and so, you know, historically, what we've always done is we've had this Q&A series where we'll just say, you know, and we'll promote it sometimes at the Bitcoin party and just be like, hey, we're going to have this series and we're going to go through some uh, just questions that you guys have about anything. We want you guys to come and ask any question to us about life, about uh, faith-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you don't even know God. Maybe you want relationship help. You know, just come ask questions. And so that's been something we've tried to do. Um, this year, we're actually going to be doing something pretty cool where in a few weeks, we're actually going to be doing a service project for our community. And so we're hoping that these students would come back and, you know, one of the biggest knocks on the church is that, you know, especially for people who don't go to church is like, well, they don't really do anything for the community. And so we want to be able to be a physical representation of Jesus to our community so that people who come and students who come on that Wednesday night are like, wow, like, I, I don't know about faith stuff, but like, this is cool. Like they're, you know, we're, and what we're going to do is we're going to pack 700 meals right. for Thanksgiving for uh, people in our community who do not have the means to have a Thanksgiving meal. And so we're going to be able to do that for them and be able to provide meals. But it just gives a student a really cool representation of what church can be about. Um, Sure. Yeah. And that's such a good kind of next step because they've gone from kind of being, quote unquote, entertained and being in a celebratory environment. Now they're able to serve. So. Well, guys, that wraps up our time uh, with you. We learned so much and it was so encouraging for us. And I know it will be encouraging for our listeners as well to hear, you know, one other example of somebody that's doing something out yeah. there. Uh, big, it's, there's a lot of risk involved, but uh, when you risk a lot, you leave a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to step in and do what he wants to do in the lives of these kids. So props to you guys and your church for uh, stepping out in faith and doing this and making an impact in your community. We've enjoyed hearing about it and having you on our show. And we hope to uh, stay connected with you guys and hear about some of the other things that you're doing down the road. So again, thanks so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Well, Lauren, another great episode. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, it was really great to talk to them. Anytime someone is doing a ministry event and 1,500 middle school kids are coming out, it's absolutely worth your time to just sit down and talk to them and hear what they did and what's working for them in their context. Yeah, and I would just encourage uh, youth pastors all over, if you're not in a network where you're regularly interfacing with other peers in ministry, uh, be on the lookout in your community or in your state or region for other churches and student ministries that are doing great things. And don't be threatened by that, but go learn from them. Dig in, set up a time where you can sit down and talk to their staff or even volunteers and find out what are they doing that is right. And that's bringing in kids and pointing them to Jesus and then take that back and try to fit that into your context. So that was, that was my takeaway. Yeah. Good, good interview. We've got many more great episodes in the works. Upcoming interviews include Joe Crabb, student ministry pastor and host of the Multi Multi podcast, church stage design expert Jonathan Malm, Rick Lawrence, the executive editor of Group Magazine, former Willow Creek Community Church program director Nancy Beach, Chris Yortz, the author of The Sacred Enneagram, and Jonathan McKee of The Source for Youth Ministry. If you've enjoyed this podcast so far, please give us a rating and a review so we can continue to keep more great episodes coming. Yes, and if there's someone in your area who you'd like us to interview, reach out through our webpage and we'll try our best to get them on the show. And that webpage is www.htdt.org. That's HTDT as in how they do that. 
Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Student Ministry Creative Collective. Make sure you check them out at smcreativecollective.com and Multisummit at multisummit.org. And special thanks to those who help put together each and every episode. Production Director Josh Laurie, Lead Creative Director Matt Cashman, Administrative Assistant Ali Batan, and a very special thanks to Garrett Atkinson of GDA Productions for providing all the music for the podcast. Until next time, this is Lauren Jabot and Brent Squires answering the age-old question, how'd they do that? <laughs>